You are listening to the Embrace Church podcast. To learn more about Embrace Church, including additional messages, resources, and how to connect, visit us online at embracecanton.church. Today's message comes from Brandon Dassinger. Well, hey, everyone, and uh, welcome to Embrace. So glad that you could join us today. And uh, before I get started with our message, just want to give you a few reminders. Uh, first, just want to, again, thank everyone who is giving to Embrace. We so appreciate your support. It's what allows us to do what we do. And uh, if you would like to give, uh, you can always go to our website, embracecanton.church. Uh, you can also text to the number that you see on your screen as well. And again, we thank you for your faithfulness and your generosity. I also want to make mention that we are meeting weekly now. So if you live in the Canton area, we meet every single Sunday at 1030 a.m. at Events on Main in downtown Canton. And so uh, we social distance, we wear masks, uh, but we really would hope that you can join us for worship on Sunday morning and invite a friend if you would like as well. Well, uh, today we are continuing a series that we started last week called Encounter. And uh, we're looking at uh, the different attributes of Jesus uh, and what we believe about Jesus, but also what it looks like for us to become like Jesus. And uh, this is so, so important uh, because what we believe and how we understand God impacts everything else about our lives. Um, Everybody watching right now has a theology. And what I mean by that is you have a certain way of understanding God And that understanding is impacting the way you see the world and the way you treat people. That's theology. Uh, For instance, some people have a referee understanding of God. Uh, A lot of people see God and and you just see him as a kind of a cosmic uh, rule keeper. And he's there to penalize you every time you step out of line. Uh, Some people view God primarily like kind of like Siri. Uh, He's basically your personal assistant who's there to help you carry out things that you are already going to do anyways. Now, some of us have a view about like of God that's kind of like Santa Claus, uh, that we only go to God when we have this request, and he's this jolly old man, and we just go to him when we need something, and so we ask him and present him a wish list. But otherwise, he's pretty irrelevant uh, to our lives. And then some of us have a view of God as kind of like a cloud, that we know there is a God, and he's, but he's up there, and he's distant, and we're not really sure how much we can understand about him. And so we all have a different perception and view of God, and that's impacting the way that we relate to Him. So let me ask you a question. Uh, What do you think about when you think about God? Because again, how you view God is going to impact how you relate to God. And what if, what if your relationship with God is distant or boring or guilt-ridden or frustrating because your view of God is all wrong? And how is that view impacting, again, the way you see the world in the way you treat people. Now, I've got some good news. The good news is that Jesus came here to earth, and one of the reasons he came here was to reveal what God is like. You see, Jesus stepped into a world 2,000 years ago that was full of misconceptions about God, and Jesus came to show us what the Heavenly Father is like. He is the full revelation of who God is. You remember last week we talked about the heart of Christ, And what Jesus reveals is that God's love is for all people, no exceptions. And that God even loves the people who annoy us, disagree with us, and frustrate us. That God's love is for everyone, and that God wants us to love everyone, including our enemies. 
Now again, this is hard, this is difficult because it's really hard to love people that you don't get along with. It's really hard to love people who uh, frustrate you or annoy you. Um, I have three children right now that are under the age of 10, and sometimes they're hard to love. Sometimes they make me want to throw my head through a window. And all of us have people, like maybe it's coworkers and neighbors, just uh, situations where it's hard to love them sometimes. And yet Jesus won't let us off the hook. Uh, this was his heart, and this is the heart of the God, God the Father, that God loves all people, even the people that we struggle to love. And he's calling us to that same kind of supernatural love. Uh, John 3.16, um, a very famous passage. You see it posted everywhere. You see it on posters at football games. But I want you to notice what Jesus says here. He says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, so that everyone who believes in him won't perish, but will have eternal life. God didn't send his Son into the world to judge the world, but that the world might be saved through him. So notice what Jesus says here. For God so loved the world. And again, we talked about this last week, but notice what the scripture doesn't say. It doesn't say for God so loved Americans that he gave a son, or for God so loved conservatives or liberals, or for God so loved the religious people that he gave a son. No, it's all inclusive. For God so loved the world, everyone, no exceptions, that he gave his son. He loves everyone. And this is good news for you and for me because the world includes you and me. God loves us. God loves you. Uh, God loves you completely, unconditionally, unlimited. God loves the world, and that love includes people like you and me. Now, the context of John 3.16 is actually Jesus having an interaction with a Pharisee named Nicodemus. And the scriptures tell us that Nicodemus uh, chose to meet with Jesus at night. And most scholars agree that uh, Nic Nicodemus chose to meet with Jesus at night because he didn't want to be seen with Jesus. You see, most of the Pharisees didn't like Jesus. And the Pharisees were a very important religious group of that time. They were very smart, very educated, um, and very well-respected in their community. But most of them uh, were bumping up against Jesus for a variety of reasons. And so Nicodemus visits Jesus at night, and he starts the conversation by giving Jesus a compliment. But Jesus responds rather directly. He says, you must be born again if you're going to enter the kingdom of heaven. To which Nicodemus responds, uh, how can we re-enter our mother's womb a second time? Now, I know your parents say that there's no such thing as a dumb question, but that was a dumb question, okay? He was totally missing the point. And so Jesus responds, uh, humans can reproduce human life, but to be spiritually born again, you need to be born of the Spirit. Like Jesus is saying, I'm talking about something totally different than what you're thinking. And Nicodemus responds, what in the world does that mean? And Jesus says to him, you're a religious teacher, and yet you don't understand these things. And you don't understand these things because you don't believe in me. And then Jesus tells him, you have to be born again uh, to be uh, enter into the kingdom of heaven, that you have to live a life where you are spiritually reborn through the power of the Holy Spirit. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that so whoever believes in him shall not perish, but receive everlasting life. That's the context of those scriptures. Now what's interesting, if you go over to John chapter 4, we see Jesus having another encounter, but with someone who's very different than Nicodemus. Uh, Jesus is traveling through Samaria, and he gets to a well, and he's very tired, he's very thirsty, and so he asks a Samaritan woman sitting there if she will give him some water. 
And the Samaritan's woman's response is very interesting. She says, uh, you're Jewish. I'm a Samaritan. Why are you asking me for water? Now, the context here is that Jews and Samaritans in that day did not like each other. And they didn't like each other because of ethnic reasons and also for religious reasons. On top of that, back in that day, uh, Jewish men did not speak to women in public. They typically wouldn't even speak to their wives in public, but they definitely wouldn't speak to a woman who wasn't their wife in public. And so Jesus is breaking every single social taboo of that day when he engages the Samaritan woman in conversation. So she says, so she asks the good, a good question, why are you talking to me? And Jesus responds by saying, if you knew who it was that was talking to you, you would ask me for water and I would give you living water that never runs out. What a great scripture. I think some of you are watching this today to hear that, that Jesus is wanting to remind you if you knew who it was that's really in your life, if you knew who I was and how much I love you, you would ask me for water and I would give you living water that would always, always fill you up. Then Jesus tells this woman to go get her husband, to which the woman responds, I don't have a husband. And Jesus says, right, you don't have a husband. You've been married five times and the guy you're living with now is not your husband. Now, this had to be a really awkward situation. Uh, it seems right here that Jesus is kind of calling her out. But then you got to fast forward down in the story. Jesus actually tells this woman, I am the Messiah. And this woman is so happy and excited that she goes, goes and tells her village that she has met the Messiah and she brings them out to meet him. And so Jesus, unlike a lot of us religious people, he had this ability to speak truth in people's lives and yet not make them feel condemned. Uh, they still felt love. They still felt accept accepted, even when Jesus was pushing them a little bit. Now, what's interesting to me is that the Gospel of John puts these two encounters side by side. And the two people that Jesus is talking with could not be any different. There's this contrast, and it's intentional. In one story, you have a man, and another story, you have a woman. You have a Jew, you have a Samaritan. Uh, you have this man who has this uh, very comfortable life and a very respected status. And then you have this woman who's experienced a lot of brokenness and a lot of um, bad reputation, a checkered past. And I think Jesus puts these stories side by side to illustrate the truth of John 3.16, that for God so loves the world, he sent his son. And he sent his son to the Nicodemuses of the world and to the Samaritan women of the world. And again, this is really good news for, for all of us because maybe you're watching today and you relate a little bit more to Nicodemus. Maybe you're watching right now and you've lived a pretty good life. You're a moral person. You've been successful. You're educated. Uh, you have a good status and reputation in your family, in your community. And uh, Jesus is speaking to you right now that, hey, even you, you must be born again. Uh, you need new life. And your status, your wealth, your reputation, uh, your moral good deeds cannot save you. Uh, you need Jesus just as much as anybody else. Or maybe you're watching right now and you relate more to the Samaritan woman. Maybe you're watching right now and you have a checkered past. Uh, maybe you have a lot of wounds because of the things you've done or maybe because of the things that have been done to you. And uh, you feel a lot of shame, a lot of guilt. And Jesus is saying to you today that he will offer you living water, that he can save you, that he has everything you need for full redemption. This is the Jesus uh, that comes into this world. 
And you notice in these passages, again, that Jesus is traveling. If you read the Gospels, Jesus is constantly traveling. As we think about the feet of Jesus today, uh, Jesus was always moving. He was always meeting different types of people. And what we see here in John 3 and 4 is that Jesus was constantly knocking down barriers that we had put up. Jesus was constantly widening the table of God's grace to include a variety of different people, including uh, Pharisees like Nicodemus and including Samaritan women, that Jesus was showing that God's love is much bigger and much greater than we could ever think. If uh, scholars have pointed out that uh, 92% of the miracles that Jesus performed happened outside of the synagogue, uh, which meant that Jesus had this crazy idea that if he was going to reach outsiders, he needed to go outside. That was the point. And this is a clear application, application for you and for me, that as Christians, we need to realize that we are sent people. Again, we're looking at this series to know Jesus, but also to be like Jesus. Jesus traveled. Jesus went to people. Jesus interacted with different types of people. And that's the application for you and for me. We are a sent people. Uh, Jesus is revealing God the Father to us. Again, he's a full revelation of who God is. And he's showing that our God is a missional God. You see, Jesus didn't just look down from heaven and say, hey, I love you guys. Uh, Y'all start treating each other better. No, Jesus came to us. Uh, He entered into our world. He entered into our brokenness. He had conversations and, and real encounters with real people. Jesus came to us. We worship a God who's a missional God, a God who loves the world. And he sends us out to be his hands and his feet in a world that is in desperate need of his love and mercy. That's the point. And so we need to be intentional about the places we go, and we need to be intentional about how we go. With everything we do, uh, when we go to work, uh, when we go to community events, when we go to restaurants, we need to be intentional and understand that we are witnesses of God's love and that we have been sent there, that we are here on this earth for a purpose, and that purpose is bigger than our own selves that God wants to use us to be a light for this world, that God wants to use us to show the love of Christ. That's the point. That's what he wants out of our lives. And I don't know about you, but I'm so, so thankful that God loves the world, that he sent his son, Uh, that God loves the Nicodemuses of the world, the arrogant, the the proudful, uh, the boastful. I'm so thankful that God loves the Samaritan women of the world, Uh, those with checkered past, those who are riddled with shame and guilt, who have a lot of regret. I'm so thankful that God loves each of those people. And I'm so thankful that God's love even includes someone like me. Now, uh, a little while ago, I asked the question that maybe you relate more to Nicodemus or do you relate more to the Samaritan woman? Well, let me ask you a slightly different question. Who do you find harder to love? Is it the Nicodemuses of the world? Is it obnoxious religious people that you struggle to love? Is it the arrogant? Is it the prideful? Or or do you find it harder to love the Samaritan woman? Uh, Those with checkered past, those who don't look like you or think like you. Uh, Do you have trouble loving the broken or the poor or the marginalized? Do you have trouble loving people who have a different skin color than you? Who do you find it harder to love? You see, the truth is, Uh, whether it's outwardly, whether it's inwardly, all of us have put boundaries to our love. We have certain people in our mind that we think are deserving of our love and God's love and people who are not. And Jesus comes down and he destroys 
all those boundaries. And he gives us a picture of God, of a God who so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, not to condemn it, but to give it everlasting life. And the question for you and for me is, will we follow in the steps of Jesus? Will we allow his love for us transform the way that we love others? Let me pray for us. Now, Father, I just pray for each person watching right now. And Lord, we confess uh, that we struggle to love certain people. There are certain people in our lives right now that we are struggling uh, to love in the way that you have loved us. Lord, forgive us for our sins and free us for joyful obedience. Lord, we, we want to be more like you. So Lord, that's our prayer. Help us. Give us the strength and the grace uh, to see people like you see them. And Lord, I pray for anyone watching right now that um, may relate more to Nicodemus, may relate more to the Samaritan woman. But Lord, I also pray that uh, they would experience your love right now. And Lord, that they would understand, Lord, that you have living water just for them, that you are inviting them to be born again, to have a new start and a second chance. And so Lord, I just pray that they would receive that, that they would experience that, that they would understand that they need you, but that, Lord, that you offer them the gift of new life. Lord, thank you for loving us. Thank you, Lord, that you so loved us that you sent Jesus. We love you and pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. If you were encouraged by today's message, please make sure you like and subscribe to our podcast. For additional messages and resources, visit us online at embracecanton.church. Thank you for joining in with us today on the Embrace Church podcast.